You're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes. My name is Christian Corley from MakeUseOf.com and with me this week is Gavin Phillips, also from MakeUseOf. Hey Gavin, how are you? Oh, I'm very well, Christian. Yeah, very, very well. Sun shining. I've got uh, I've got some mackerel fillets waiting for me for lunch. So Ooh, the world you could catch be a them better yourself. Place. Oh yeah, mackerel for myself. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Did you catch them yourself or? Oh no, I didn't catch them myself. I'm not that advanced with a with a hook and line. <laughs> but I did. I did stick. catch them in the fishmongers. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And um, we hope wherever you are listening to this, uh, that the weather is um, suitably pleasant for you and I, I say this because uh, it's uncharacteristically nice here as well in the northeast of England uh, a location which is um, not unfamiliar with dark windy rainy wet damp depressing weather <laughs> so to see a little bit of sunshine in the air is uh, absolutely delightful and um, this week we are discussing crowdfunding what is it is crowdfunding safe how do you spot scams on crowdfunding and um, how do you use crowdfunding sites I think we should probably get started with a quick explainer from a more personal point of view about crowdfunding and crowdfunding experience. I have never used a crowdfunding site, but I have used a website to quote unquote crowdfund. What about you, Gavin? Oh, that surprises me, Christian. I thought uh, I thought you you crowdfunded a bit. I've I've personally used crowdfunding sites quite a bit for various things. Usually for me, it is like board games, video games, yeah. things like that. I've also crowdfunded various bits of technology. Mm-hmm. For a long time, I had a really old Dell laptop that just was useless battery you couldn't get a replacement for it it was one of the ones that was soldered into it it was absolutely awful so i used to have to carry around a a massive additional battery pack for me this was in the early days of becoming a self-employed uh writer so having extra power was extremely useful so we used to spend hours scouring crowdfunding sites trying to find the best new portable batteries you know Mm -hmm. until i ended up with something that was like a 200 watt three thirty thousand milliamp hour battery but um yeah some of the stuff you can find on crowdfunding sites is is really quite interesting um just to avoid confusion i i, I have bought from crowdfunding but i was talking about in um running my own crowdfund i never used a kickstarter or an indiegogo for anything that i've a, a campaign that i've run in the distant past i think when i was doing that kind of thing they, they weren't really they were around but they weren't really as big as they are now so I have, I have, I do contribute to crowdfunders. I, I, for instance, the um, the Games Master book that's coming out soon with Dominic Diamond. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I backed that, and I've got a new f- phone coming eventually, uh, which was due like a couple of months ago, but obviously things happened last year to slow slow it down. So I've got, I think it's an Pro X One or Pro One X or something like that. It's a mm. Android phone with a slide out keyboard that also will run Linux. And I've also I'm also waiting for <laughs> a crock pot. A crock pot. A, a crock funded crock pot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, and betraying one of my secret hobbies of enjoying cooking there. Yeah, wow, that's a very, very uh, valuable life 
skill. It genuinely is. You, you right. can't go wrong if you can cook. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, we should probably, uh, I mean, crowdfunding, I mean, it's, it's very simply explained. Uh, you use a website, perhaps one that's um, already provided, such as Kickstarter, Indiegogo. There's a few others focusing particular niches. There's one for authors, for instance, to put, publish books. And you provide details of the campaign. These days, you need to produce a really snazzy video, it seems, to get any traction. And then you share the link to that. And people come along and they pledge amounts of money. And if the target, your target budget is hit, then that money will be taken from the pledges. And then you will produce the product. That's how it's supposed to work anyway, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, have you been burnt by any... Kickstarter have or, I been crowdfunders? I think I'm trying to. I feel like I have, but I can't think what it was at the moment. So, um, oh, crikey, I'm sure there was something. Or did it actually I, turn up? I just was just, just before we started the podcast, was going through my uh, Kickstarter list. Kickstarter is a very popular crowdfunding platform and um, was looking at some of the projects I've backed over the years and was there. Uh, surprisingly haven't been burnt that many times there's a few uh board games and video games i'm still waiting for delivery on but mm. i think it's only one or two that have never turned up so well, all in all that, that's pretty good yeah that is a good rate i think i mean i nearly backed something in fact i actually backed it and I had a conversation with make yourself james bruce about it and uh i unbacked it a few days ago uh which was a uh it wasn't a concept kind of a mounting point for an android phone with supposedly zero latency which uh on reflection seemed unlikely mm. so yeah yeah so so i so, uh, changed my mind on that i'm just going into my indiegogo account now because I'm, I'm trying to think i must have had something I, I feel like there's something that didn't come but i oh no i remember what it was there was a 3d printer i backed that's why i never back 3d printers anymore i backed a 3d yeah. printer and it um it's just it's vanished yeah so, yeah, I mean, so there is that, that aspect of it. In fact, I mean, that brings us nicely into the three things you should consider before backing a Kickstarter project, the article is called, but it would apply to any uh, crowdfunder. And um, now, th this is a slightly older article. It's five years old. It's on Make Use Of, so this and anything else we talk about in this week's podcast will appear in the show notes. But, I mean, it still applies. There are three key things that you need to check. The developers behind the product... Uh, make sure that they're reputable, they have a reputation for completing on projects. The product's feasibility, which just calls back to what we were just saying a few moments ago, um, it's a great way to develop grand ideas, but sometimes those ideas are a bit too grand, and if even if they're not, they might be too complex to actually follow through to a finished product that can be distributed and meet the early promise of that campaign. And also, you need to be pretty certain that you're going to get what you're expecting for your money um at the same time though there, there are plenty of scammers out there now i'd i you know it'd be very bad of me it'd be quite wrong of me to say that in the case of the 3d printer that i bought that they went into that with the intention of scamming people i have a feeling that what actually happened is that they thought they could do it turned out that they couldn't and they decided that they didn't want to do anything about it and just run off with the money and get money back in uh from Kickstarter and similar uh, services is quite difficult, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think 
by and large, once the money is, is in there, and it's usually actually up to the point where the project becomes officially funded, like once the timer ticks down to zero and the project becomes officially funded, up to before that point, you can usually choose to unfund your money, take the money back. But once the money transfers over to the creators or the developers or whatever, uh, as you said, it becomes really difficult to to try and get that money back. Yeah. I mean, if I quickly look on Indiegogo, the campaigns I funded, there's the phone I mentioned, which is the Pro One X smartphone. There is the Rocketbook Orbit, which is a system for writing and then easily photographing what you've written. And then it's, it does OCR scanning and everything and saves it to Dropbox or Google Drive or whatever mm. very quickly and swiftly, thanks to a mobile app. Um, and there's a couple of political campaigns as a stop UK internet censorship. I've contributed to those as well. And, you know, they've, they've all done well. I mean, they've not run into any problems. I mean, I could probably do the same on Kickstarter and find a huge list of things. And, you know, that'll range from everything from, as mentioned, crockpots to uh, comic books to all sorts of things. And I think they, it really demonstrates that the, 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 the diversity of concepts and products and, um, you know the projects that people want to work on, and projects that people will support on these sites. What's oh th- yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just—you've just reminded me. <laughs> Coming back to the very first question you asked, I did work on a Kickstarter campaign back in 2012 or 2013 right. um, for a, a book that a friend was producing. Um, and like you said, it needed a very flashy video and what have you. But the book never made it because in amongst the sea of other projects that are all vying for attention, unless it's something really like, I don't know, maybe it has to be very specific to a niche or if that niche isn't generally well known, you've got to have a lot of people within that niche that are willing to spend big bucks to get you over the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's part of it, isn't it? You've got, you, you, you can do like a, a, a kind of a, a standard contribution which is often like $30 or so then you can pay for the actual product that in its most basic form possibly with like a 50% discount for a sh- short amount of time then again with a, like a 45% discount or 30% discount it goes down the line and these um, various packages will increase in their uh, price and in what you get out of the final products you might get the final product then the final product with an accessory then find a product with an accessory and another accessory or, you know, depending on what it is, if it's a comic book, you might get some original art with it or signed copy. You might get an audio version. I've, um, I mean, I'm looking at Kickstarter here where my campaign contributions list is huge. There's the Games Master, <laughs> the oral history book, which I mentioned before. <clears throat> There's Omega, a dark fairy tale from the world of BBC's Doctor Who. Now, that's a very good one because uh, I know the producer of that and they've got Brian Blessed. Sorry. Ryan, bless it! <laughs> to voice the audio version of that. That's you know, that's the scale of things you can do with Kickstarter campaigns. When you can like hit in these like these stretch targets get set when they hit their main target early, and they can do crazy things like get hugely famous actors to to voice them. There's the Xtron Pro, um, which is a small handheld console for development. There's the Lord of the Chords game. There's the Mice and Dutch Oven Crockpot. There's, it's just turned into the generation game, isn't it? Um, <laughs> there's, you know, there's all sorts of things that I've done in it. And the, the device which I'm actually recording this podcast through, the uh, Mayonocast, a portable all-in-one podcast production studio, which I backed 
um, in uh, July 2020 or so. And uh, it arrived in September and I'm still using it now. It's a great product. In fact, it's one of my, in fact, I completely forgot this was a crowdfund. This is one of the m most favorite pieces of tech that I own because it does everything I need it to do. And it's got a built-in battery, which means I can theoretically podcast anywhere I want. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. That is really good, actually. I think um, it does throw up the prospect, though, of projects that still get funded and go live but never make it to you. So uh, in the very early days, do you remember the video game project Star Citizen? Rings a bell. So Star Citizen was like meant to be this massive multiplayer space trading combat simulation game mm -hmm. developed by fairly reputable development team. And their initial Kickstarter campaign took in $2 million, which is a good amount. Yeah. This was back in 2010, 2011? I can't mm. remember exactly. Um, the game still hasn't come, but since the initial Kickstarter, they've held even more funding rounds and more funding rounds. Mm. And it currently stands that Star Citizen, the game, has taken in over $300 million <gasps> of investment for a game that still doesn't exist in, in full. So there's various like modules and whatnot they've released to people to keep them going. Um, and they release like unique assets and features for the games. But to get into those features and what have you, you have to pay more money. So this is very much on that borderline of, is this a scam? Maybe, maybe not, because they're still producing work and distributing it to people who have already paid. Uh -huh. But when do you like when do you draw the line? When do you pull out your money or if you can even pull out your money? Or when do you just write off any investment that you put into it? Because with a project like Star Citizen, at the end of the day, it's just a video game. It's not a tangible physical object that you're going to get. It's just something that will exist in the digital realm anyway. Yeah. So you're just throwing money into the void, really. Wow, I, I I mean I'd assumed that that had just like died a death a few years ago, but uh, I mean are we I mean are we sure they're not just smoking the money? No, uh, maybe. <laughs> whoa, wow, yeah. So I mean, it it isn't the um, isn't the safest way of buying anything, but it does give you the opportunity to 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 back things that are interesting and exciting. Um, a few months ago, uh, we reported that Kickstarter is asking creators to be more honest, which is a good follow-up to what we just said. Um, Kickstarter is cracking down on hyperbole, asking creators to be more honest when pitching their products. While Kickstarter isn't going to enforce these rules with an iron fist, it's incentivizing creators to start following the guidelines. So creators should under-promise and over-deliver, basically. And... I'll be honest, I haven't really seen any sign of that to be... Yeah, I mean, the, the last thing I backed was a book, so... And that that thing that I backed and then withdrew from, that's clearly an over-delivery, um, an over-promise, I beg your pardon. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure how that's working out for them. Was it, When was the last thing you backed? Was I mean, was it recently? 
Uh, I haven't. Well, I backed some board games last year that, mm. that have arrived. Uh, and I backed a, a game last year, another game that, that has arrived. But because of, you know, obviously the circumstances of the last 12, 18 months or so, I've been sort of steering clear, not yeah. knowing how things might plan out for certain teams and what have you. And I don't want to put money into something and then feel bad that it hasn't come mm. if, if the circumstances are completely outside of their control. So that doesn't feel okay, you know. Yeah. Um, I think a good one, actually, for the what you were saying about over-promising, over under-delivering, was the Oya, the video game console. Do you remember that? The, uh, the little Android box oh, that yes. was meant to yes. compete and take down PlayStation and Xbox and everything in between and... You know, it just ended up being absolutely pants. You know, they couldn't get decent games to come and develop on the platform because it was still quite in the early days of of, of Android. Android was not nearly as, as powerful and as exciting as we know it is now. You can run fantastic games on it these days. But back then, the promise of this all-singing, all-dancing revolutionary game console powered by Android caught the imaginations of so many people. And that was a prime example of over-promising and very much under-delivering. And we'll take a moment from our usual podcast proceedings to just remind you that the Really Useful podcast can be found pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. So we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. We're hosted at Transistor.fm, so you can find us there as well. We're also on YouTube, and of course, on MakeUseOf.com. Now, however you subscribe to the Really Useful Podcast and listen to us, it would be amazing if you could take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help us to find new listeners and take our podcast to ever greater heights you'll find the link to our apple podcast page in the show notes thanks a lot there are various alternatives that we've mentioned to um, kickstarter there's kickstarter there's indiegogo there's but there's i mean there's a slightly different angle you can take on it because you can also use patreon to crowdfund as well it's less committal isn't it i suppose if you if you're just volunteering a few quid using say patreon or Kofi mm. or buy me a coffee or whatever you can you can scale things down you can just make a, sorry, a nice contribution to something maybe get involved but i think it's less of a kind of a big thing doing it that way isn't it you're just using a nice contribution service rather than here's 40 dollars give me that thing yeah, without doubt, uh, the patron model is uh, Patreon. Sorry, is is very much more you're connecting directly with a creator or you know a, a group of developers or, or what have you, or maybe even people who make a podcast or something like that. In the past, I've sent some money via Patreon to uh, the, the Football Ramble, a popular football pop podcast. And you usually get some perks in return. You know, maybe in that example, you, you get access to some of their extra podcasts or if it was an artist, you know, maybe they send you some unique artwork or or anything like that. So it is very much a, a different style of, of crowdfunding and it can be a more consistent form of income for someone who, who is developing a game or, or what have you, rather than relying on one giant wedge of money to come with a specific funding goal in mind it's just people who enjoy the project itself and want to 
continually back it to, to its end. I contribute to a couple of podcasts myself. Uh, one of them is the Sitcom Geeks show, which is by a couple of sitcom writers in the UK, and they sort of like help people. That they produce like a, I think it's a fortnightly podcast as normal, and then they do extra podcasts which they give like in-depth tips and tricks. They do preview interviews, and they also do they'll do they'll read the first ten pages of a sitcom script that you produce, and then they'll give you feedback on it as well, which is really useful. Um, so that, that's a really good one. I think that's a good example as well of like the benefit of these services, where you can, as as you mentioned, with more direct contact with a creator. You know, there's no chance of me without an agent as a writer getting that level of feedback that you get from the sitcom geeks podcasters um in in any other circumstances so that's that's quite an interesting uh, it it brings a whole new dimension to contact with people across the internet really opens things up yeah absolutely there's the other one as well which is gofundme which uh, again, is is different again from Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and again different from from Patreon, which is very much people setting up individual funding targets for stuff that they may need for social causes, nonprofits, charities, and so on. And you'll often see these in if people have fallen on hard times, or if mm. something bad has happened to them, or or what have you. They can put a call out to. It usually starts with you know like the local community doesn't it and then if these things sometimes gain traction online you'll find people pouring money donating money into these like gofundme and like more personal crowdfunding campaigns to help people reach their targets yeah they can snowball in some cases and uh help people out considerably yeah that is kind of appropriate for a particular type of use and it's important to make the right choice of uh, crowdfunding platform that we've got eight tips although it's called crowdfunding 101 so i'd expect uh, an extra 93 but anyway um <laughs> eight tips to reach your crowdfunding campaign goals courtesy of make yourselves emma roth one of them is use the right crowdfunding platform number two choose your funding goals wisely don't don't put it too high don't put it too low basically number three research your audience which is absolutely vital and i think that's how the um, the Omega Doctor Who related thing managed to get Brian blessed because the guy producing it, Gareth Cavana, he absolutely knows his audience. Offer incentives to donors. Uh, mentioned that earlier on. Uh, for instance, the um, crockpot, the mice and crockpot that I'm buying. Um, that one incentive was that was to have a lid that you can flip over and use as a griddle. Whoa! Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, next week on Make You Soft, we'll be looking at the best cooking tips. Yeah. Um, now, you take engaging photos and videos and really sell the campaign. That's another aspect of it. And promote your cause on social media. And step eight, or idea eight, is communicate with your supporters and give a good FAQ. Communicate regularly. Uh, communication with some crowdfunders is terrible. It's sporadic. It's irregular and you know you can be left in the case of the um the the phantom 3d printer for example the, the people behind that project that basically i mean they could have gone to the moon for, for, for all the the backers are concerned it's you know they're completely off the face of the map and you know i'm probably not expecting that hey we got your money bye 
type of response from those guys but they're just one example it's campaigns should provide better contact throughout or at least contact on a regular basis maybe like the same day every week or whatever in my opinion i think that kind of leads us into the question of how do you actually spot a scam crowdfunding pitch because for all the time i've been using various crowdfunding platforms it's genuinely quite difficult i think Mm. to spot something that looks like an outright scam so you have the example earlier of uh something you backed and then on reflection you you pulled your money out because you were like hold on that seems a bit too good to be true so you can look at things in terms of hold on you know as we've already said are they over promising you know can they actually deliver that but that doesn't always necessarily make it a scam but spotting something that is just an outright we're going to ditch and run as soon as we get this money i think is actually really really tricky on any crowdfunding platform what do you think the answer is so no i think if you take your time i guess and try and research it as much as you can but yeah, then some right. of these sites are fairly elusive with more details. So I guess like a big thing would be if you go to research a project further outside of the crowdfunding platform and they don't have a proper website or something like that, you know, you can't contact them outside of Kickstarter or, or the crowdfunder or whatever platform you're using them on. They don't appear to exist anywhere else i think that would be a bit of a red flag for me yeah i think looking at the technology that they're proposing in the case of a technology one um and whether it is feasible or not um again completely calls back to what i was saying earlier uh i I think that's a a good example as well a good idea um checking if they've done this kind of thing before if they've done a crowdfunder before and it was fulfilled then i think you can approach it with more confidence than if there was like completely brand new group of people or brand new person or whatever but, but again also the, the type of crowdfunder it is the, the level of feasibility is it something that's been done in a, a something similar being done not an identical product but something of a similar scale been done how easy was it for those guys to do it what was the pricing for it etc and then compare it with that for all that we've said it does make <laughs> it makes crowdfunding seem like a bit of a minefield doesn't it i think maybe but... maybe it is in some ways I, th- I think yeah. I mean, most most things I've crowdfunded, I would say fifty percent of them, have been from people that I know about beforehand. They came from people that I'm aware of. And uh, there was another one. There was a Sherlock Holmes one that was Holmes card game. No, for sure. So I think familiarity with the people you're looking to fund definitely helps it doesn't always have to be a friend or you know someone you've worked with or someone you have a direct link with but at least if you have a really decent understanding of the developers or as christian said you know their previous projects it will definitely give you more confidence that these people a know what they're talking about and b probably have enough skill to get a project over the line yeah so some of the projects i've backed video games that i'm waiting for one one was finally delivered and it was just it was a car crash just Mm. diabolically terrible waited about five years for it you know but there's two or three that i'm still waiting for that i think it's taking a bit longer than i was expecting 
but that's because a lot of the time they're small teams as well. They're all working together on a limited budget, so you just have to give people the benefit of the doubt and yeah, yeah. you know trust. Try and trust that you've made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, I think as with anything, you. I mean, I know people do just go online and buy things at an impulse, but you know, as with you know, you go on Amazon and just buy something without considering it. Everyone's done it, but I mean, what we. Mm would say and what i'm pretty sure we said previously in a podcast with myself and james Frew was you know you got to go and read the reviews and you got to do the research into the product and whether or not the company shipping it is going to deliver whether the the ebay seller or the amazon seller they're going to fulfill and be a good uh a a good ebayer or whatever and i think the same is true for crowdfunding you've got to do the research don't just you know impulse buy it impulse pledge avoid impulse pledging go through uh, phases of um <laughs> sort of getting sucked into uh, pledging on things that i think oh oh gosh better close the crowdfunding site before i pledge towards anything else that might yeah. never turn up or um <laughs> with board games my wife will inevitably say for the love of god do you really need another one <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so um, I have to be very careful with what I pledge on these days. <laughs> yeah, same here. And their um, their 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 recommendation systems are very good, aren't they? You can be looking at one thing, think, hmm, I might go for that, and then up oh, pop something else at the bottom. Oh, I might go for that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the the constant stream of suggestions. It's oh gosh, that looks good. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> So hopefully we've explained to you what Kickstarter, Indiegogo, uh, Blurb, and Unbound, those are the two book-based crowdfunding platforms I mentioned earlier. And, you know, generally crowdfunding is all about whether you should risk it. Is it a risk? It probably is a bit of a risk because you're almost certainly backing something that needs a lot of work. That's why they're raising the money. They haven't got kind of a corporate backer, so they're coming to the people. To back it so it, there is risk to it and ways to mitigate the risk and do the research and spend your time considering whether or not this is really something that you want to get involved in now because excuse me uh, because later on once the item has fulfilled and been produced in many cases it's more widely produced what they're often producing is a kind of a, a pre-release prototype in the, te- in the case of tech products and games they'll be then developed and enhanced for a wider market so in many cases you're getting an early version and you know if you want to avoid backing something that looks dodgy or if you just want to give a small contribution it might be that it is available to buy in the shops or in a mainstream online store further down the line Has, have you done anything like that gavin yeah, there's a couple of projects I've thought I'm not necessarily willing to give over. I don't want to say like big bucks, but I still, you know, I prefer to keep my 20 quid. And if it comes out later, like you said, then I'll spend then. So mm-hmm. they often have, you know, tip the amount of a coffee or whatever, that sort of equivalent. So you can contribute a couple of couple of quid or, you know, two, three, four dollars or what, or what have you. Yeah. Which I think is handy, you know. If you if you think a project looks good, but you're not willing to go the whole hog, then you know, give them a little push, yeah. and then you're not committed. And if it doesn't happen, you don't really feel burnt by it, you know, which is yeah. quite good. Yeah, hopefully. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, that wraps it up for this week's really useful podcast. 
and we will be back next time with a new show on a different topic. Until then, stay safe, take care, and it's goodbye from us.